Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? Or in the case of today, we're interviewing who? I'm your host, Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and I'm so excited to welcome Jamie McShane. You might recognize him as Sheriff Galpin from Wednesday on Netflix, or you might know him as Cameron Hayes from Sons of Anarchy, or Eric O'Bannon from Bloodline, or a variety of other projects. Jamie was kind enough to drop by and talk about Wednesday, his acting career in general, and all sorts of philosophical things, actually. And without further ado, here's We're Interviewing Who? So my first question, though, is about Wednesday, and is what do you admire most about Sheriff Galpin? Wow. Wow, that's an interesting question. I, I think his he's very devoted, and you know it doesn't totally come out this season, but I think he was so devoted to his wife, and then in turn to his son. But his wife to him was everything, and we don't really know what happened. It's hinted to a little bit, but I think he's uh, steadfast and loyal. Maybe to a fault. Maybe to a fault. We'll find out season two. <laughs> I don't know. They, they just opened the writer's room. Oh, oh, well. Oh, that's right, because at the end it says it will return. So yeah. that's exciting. Is there somewhere where you would like to see him go in season two? Yeah, I would like to see. I mean, if I had my druthers, I'd like him to kind of pair up with Wednesday and, and become, you know, sort of this oddball team of uh, investigating because of her talents and me being law enforcement. Um, and I would like to see more depth into what happens with my son and what did happen with my wife. Do you want to play knows? play young Sheriff Galpin, or do you want someone? Do you want to stunt cast? No, someone no, as... no, no, no. I, I would. No, I'm, they, they did have a young Sheriff Galpin in it. I'm, I'm too old for that. Um, no, I, I would. Uh, age, I mean, unless it, if it's you know if it's going back to you know ten, twenty years, yeah, that's fine. They can do that. But like as a kid, no. No, I meant I meant like you know having becoming a father, Sheriff Galpin, not as a child, oh, Sheriff Galpin. Yeah, uh, yeah, they could make that work. Okay. They could make that work. I don't know, you know, see what they do. I'd be more interested in keeping it present day with finding out what happened in mm. the past. Okay, logistically or emotionally, what was the most challenging scene to film? Wow, logistically or emotionally logistically was the opening scene when we were out in the pouring rain because they had rain machines and it was just torrential. And I had a hat on and a raincoat before poor Lawanda who played my, you know, deputy. She didn't have a hat. She didn't, you know, have a raincoat. It was just dumping down on her. Now, fortunately it was warm at that point, but then we had to do some more out stuff, rain stuff, outdoor rain stuff, like the funeral. It was absolutely freezing. So that logistically, emotionally, I would say the scene where my son confronts me in our house and I tell him how much I meant, you know, his mom meant to me. Yeah. That's a, that's a heavy hitter. That was a heavy hitter. Yeah. Do you personally believe in the supernatural? Explain supernatural. Well, I guess there's tiers of it, right? There's like ghosts. And then there's, do you think werewolves and vampires and people with prescient powers roam the earth? That last People one actually might be a third category. Yeah, I, I mean, prescient powers, that, that's a thats a wide spectrum. So maybe a ghost, okay. I would say possibly. I don't really oh. understand. I don't I don't discount them totally. Okay. Uh, I just, there's so much in the spiritual realm or and or supernatural realm that I just think is very, very possible, but beyond our comprehension. And maybe a few humans... I don't know, once every blue moon have the, the wherewithal to connect. But I, I don't know, because 
sometimes you 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 see people who you know talk to the dead or whatever and it seems like a bunch of crap but i've seen some where people whom i know they're like there's no way this person could have known any of this so i don't know I, i'm very open to it i'm what grateful i'm grateful for that serious answer to a silly question <laughs> oh, i didn't think it was silly at all i mean the werewolves and vampires, that's that's stretching a wee bit, but... <laughs> you know, I've seen some people in Hollywood who don't age, but I don't know if that's vampires or just really good, like, doctors. <laughs> I, I think sometimes I choose to try not to believe in it because I get very scared very easily. Mm. So if I, you know, uh, wake up in the middle of the night, I have to be like, ghosts aren't real, ghosts aren't real. Mm. But that's just more of a me issue, I think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I do think there's something to uh, energy and, like, spaces being charged but that could just yeah. be magnets you know interesting yeah right. i'm open i'm open to it as well but uh, yeah. yeah i think we're on the same plane on that yes yes but if those things did exist and you were an outcast or a student at nevermore what type of outcast type uh, thing do you think you'd want to be i'd like to be like wednesday i'd like oh. to have that i'd rather they not be so shocking when they happen but i'd like to have you know more insight into things that have happened or could happen or are going to happen rather than being a definitive you're a siren you're a werewolf you're a this you're a that I, I would like the the more abstractness of what she is we're gonna take a quick break and be right back and we're back what do you think you would use those powers for same thing detective company you're going to open a little, little <laughs> shop <laughs> i mean i would try to use it for good i mean if i had my druthers and i could have any power at all in the world sure I would love to be able to heal people. Oh, I think that like the laying on of hands and just, and not even like, don't even tell people just kind of walk by, pat them on the back and, you know, walk away. And they're like, Oh shit. I can sort of, you know, oh, you, like you want like extreme healing. You want like noticeable, yeah. like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And not, you know, I, I wouldn't have to be called out for it, but just think about people, you know, in your life who could use a little something. Sure. And be like, Oh, I won't tell them, but I think I'll fix this. That'd be kind of cool. That's very altruistic of you. Thanks. Yeah. That's how I feel. <laughs> no, no, that's that's a, that's probably a better answer than I would be like, I would like to fly places or teleport. Or... <laughs> I mean, I would love that too, but that, yeah, not, yeah. not number one. You know? it's, 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 you know, yeah. Flying would be number two. Okay. <laughs> a, a close potentially second. Did your parents have expectations for you growing up? Wow, that's a great question. I think they had expectations that, that's a great question. My parents were extremely supportive of everything I did. And they've been supportive of my other, I have four siblings. And we're an array of very different people, the five of us. Um, when I said I wanted to go into acting to my parents, it, it was out of the blue. They'd never heard of it. And they were both like, yeah, try it. See what, you know, see where you go. And I was really fortunate because my, my mom and dad had a little business and I worked for them while I was in, you know, high school and college and whatever. And I could work for them as my day job and work out the scheduling, you know, trying to go to, you know, go to New York and all that sort of stuff. So I don't know that they had expectations. I think as we grow into individuals, they developed the expectations that we were bringing to the table as, you know, my sister was a ballerina. She went to Juilliard. She was the only other one really in the arts. Uh, my other sister is ballerina also, but not to that level. Um, I was a very good athlete. Um, my other brother was really good at mechanical stuff and, you know, whatever. So they supported that stuff. Is there a point where 
they found like that this is a career for you? Or were they ever worried about it? Or was there like a turning point where they're like, okay, pff, we don't have to worry as parents anymore. I don't know. They just always, you know, I asked my dad once. That's right. I asked my dad once. My dad is now 91, I guess. I asked him maybe 10 years ago or whatever. I don't know how long ago. But I said, what did you think when I said I wanted to go into acting? And he goes, well, you always beat the odds. And my dad's a scientifically minded guy. And I thought that was a really interesting answer. So uh, that was very, uh, very warming to me. Like that's how he answered. And my mom would be like, yeah, just you go do it. You know, it's been neat now with, with the successes, you know, knock on what I've had to, for them to really appreciate it and, and understand like how hard I worked. My older brother, one time he works in worked in my father's business. He took it over and, you know, he was like, I was going to New York doing the acting and he's like, James, this acting, that's a nice hobby, but this, this is your career. And I said, no, this is my job. Acting is my career. And he was just flustered. And then he eventually finally got it when he saw me on TV on something. He literally said, he goes, I, I, I get it now. I get it now. So interesting. That is an excellent segue into what do you think the greatest risk, and I'm putting that in air quotes, that you've taken in your career is? And risk is relative. Pursuing this, just pursuing it in general. I mean, that was the biggest risk. And I, I was fortunate because I, I grew up in Jersey, just outside of New York. And then a mentor came along in my life when I needed him at like in the late nineties. And he's like, you got to move to LA or you're going to be stuck selling microscopes for the next 10 years and, you know, not know what happened. So I guess a big risk was, you know, packing the truck and driving cross country. But this guy, uh, he gave me, you know, a studio behind his house to stay in. And, you know, he was very, tried to help point me in the right direction. And then once I got going, you know, his name's Richard Christian. He's a dear friend. Um, yeah. So I think, I think going into the business period and then um, driving cross country and going to LA. Yeah. My automatic first reaction when you said Jersey is to just in my head go Jersey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to live in New York. And so I just where'd, you, like, where'd you live in the East village? Oh, nice. in, in, okay. in, in the city, in the city. Yeah. Okay. But then I also was like, I guess I got to move to LA at some point. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah. for the same reasons. <laughs> what was your reason? Uh, I actually, so I'm from the Bay, which I know your son right. is actually yep. up there now. Yep, he's in and college. So, yeah, I went to school in New York, and then I came back to the Bay, and then actually earlier this year, last year, a job took me down here. So, what got yeah. you here? It got me here. Yes. <laughs> Good. Okay, so who are three characters that you've played that you'd be willing to be stuck on a desert island with? Three characters whom I've played myself. Yes. Yes. Good. Good Lord. There's not many. <laughs> um, wow. What a crazy question. I'm going to say stuck thanks. on a desert <laughs> island with someone whom I've played. I'd say uh, Sergeant Terry Hill from Southland. Okay. He was he was a good dude. He was a good dude. Wow. Good Lord. I've played some complicated people. You sure have. They are. Uh... I I'd say. Uh, Cameron Hayes from Sons of Anarchy because he was resourceful. Yep. Okay. Uh-huh. And then uh, maybe Galpin. Really? Maybe Sheriff Galpin. Yeah. I feel yeah. like that's a lot of like macho energy on an like <laughs> I, I don't think any of them were that macho. They were just guys doing what they had to do. You know, okay, I don't think yeah. I don't think of them as machismo at all or macho or whatever. They're just they're just 
guys doing what they have to do and get hit with hard times. I'm going to give you a suggestion if you ever get to ask this question again. I don't know who the hell would ask you this question again. I don't know how to pronounce Z- Zabin, Zabin, Zabin from Picard because he seemed like a homemaker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. I just didn't want that giant forehead and ears for that long. Well, maybe um, you don't have to play them again. You just have to <laughs> coexist with them. Yeah, Shaban. Wow, I messed yeah, that up real. My no, mom's going right. to murder yeah, Shaban me. Was, like, Shaban was a badass. Yeah, I would do that. He was a good cook too. So probably, that's, that's yeah. right. That's, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's I got put some, him like, in there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then- Good choice. Thank you. Thank you. More weird existential questions. Living or dead? Who is someone who you'd like to collaborate with that you haven't already? I'd love to play Gene Hackman's son. Okay. Okay. I would love to collaborate with. I'd love to collaborate on something with Einstein just to experience him. Okay. You know? Yeah. Charles Schultz. Oh. oh. Yeah. (laughs) Unexpected. But I love that. Oh, I love Snoopy. I love Snoopy. Yeah. I don't know. How many do you want? Oh, that's fine. I just, one was fine. Oh. <laughs> Thank you for the abundance. Yeah. <laughs> You're not like used to this, like, she's putting numbers on things. I don't know yeah. why. <laughs> and again, now I'm in my more broad, weird questions, but what inspires you? Goodness. Okay. Um, hope. A little kid's smile. Pretty much anyone's smile. But from a little kid, it's... So here's a little bit of a segue. But in these pouring rains that we've been having, a couple of weeks back, I was walking down my street. It had just cleared. And there was this little, little boy. He was like two or three. And he was with his mom and whatever. And he was just splashing in these giant puddles. And he wasn't necessarily happy. And he didn't have on like rain boots or anything. And he was just experiencing these puddles. Like you could just see it on his face. He was just like, just experiencing them. And then I looked up and there's a giant rainbow. That was inspiring. That was this kid just being in the moment of splashing in the puddle. And probably the first time he ever did that, he had an awareness of because of his age and we don't get a lot of rain. And then there's this rainbow. And now I named him. I saw his mom one day and I said, is that your kid? And she goes, yeah. I go, well, he's, I call him Splash McKenzie. And she loved that he had a name. I said, you're Splash McKenzie's mom. <laughs> I feel like you've just described like a wholesome peanuts panel, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. Okay. Yeah. On the flip side of that, though, what frustrates mm-hmm. you? Myself. Oh, can yeah. you expand? <laughs> um, uh, I get that I'm not good when I'm rushed. And, and if I'm, let me preface this on set, nothing bothers me. Nothing bothers me. I mean, if people are making noise while we're, tr- you know, trying to do a scene and they shouldn't be, that pisses me off. Or if someone's moving in my eye line that doesn't necessarily need to be because it takes you out of the, the thing, but pretty much in the acting world, I'm, I'm pretty Zen, but me, myself, like at home, if I get rushed, I get kind of crazy or things aren't going right for this, or I just feel, I get, um, very overwhelmed just because I have a lot of moving pieces in my life with, you know, kids and stepkids and people and trying to keep everything together. So I would say me. Okay. Does this also expand to if like a scheduling thing or something that you had already mentally prepared for changes? Is that something that like gets under your skin? It depends. Okay. If there's usually, I mean, as an actor, you have no schedule. It's like, you know. No, no. I mean, in like your everyday, like real life. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. But like, so as an actor, you just, you just don't have a schedule. You're like, I mean, my friends are all planning to go on a golf trip or whatever. And I'm like. Yeah, if I can make it, I'll be there, you know, and they know that. So in, in that regard, 
I don't have a schedule per se. And I'm okay with changing things unless it's last minute or it's like, and then I freak out and I'm like an idiot about it. Or I hate it. I hate it about myself. Yeah. The other and, and I get better. I get better at moments and I'm like, ah, look at this. I'm fucking, you know, I'm fucking Zen. I'm finally. And then it, it goes, it goes awry and I'm like, God damn it. You know? Okay. Okay. The, the reason I ask it, I probably won't include this. It's just like, I, I've been talking to friends about this recently. We've noticed that like, dads in general like sometimes they get like a set schedule in their head and are like you know today is the day this happened on vacation my family recently he's like we're going to the beach today and then you know we were five minutes late to a not structured thing he's like oh my god i don't know if we can still go you know, like we're five yeah minutes. yeah no it, it's interesting because <laughs> my my ex-wife and i and she's a wonderful wonderful person we grew up as little kids together uh-huh. but it was almost like i was the female and she was the male in the relationship in that she's a teacher Okay. So she would work. And at that time, you know, I was guest starring. I wasn't out of town a lot. So I was able to raise my kids. Mm-hmm. And I was much more like, well, I, he didn't want to eat peas. I mean, what am I going to do about it? Which well, is like, it's got to be peas or, you know, something she's a little was a little more strict. And, you know, she would want to watch the football games and I'd be like, you know, watching reruns or something. Um, so in that regard, no, because I haven't been a typical male in many ways, but in that way, I was, I've been much more loose. It's just when things are last minute, I'm like, ah. Okay. All right. Also, gender roles, totally a construct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. How do you relax? How do I relax? Uh, well, my girlfriend and I just sit on the couch, hold hands, or I rub her legs or whatever, and we watch different TV shows and movies and stuff like that. I love that. Um, I play a lot of tennis. That chills me out. Okay. Um I do like to read, but if I'm not reading the right stuff, I just fall asleep. And then I, I daydream a lot. I just sit. I have this loft I'm sitting in now, but it's dark out. But it's got this giant window, and it, I look out at the mountain behind Warner Brothers. And, and that, you know, that's cool. Uh, my kids are now 18 and 16, and they're really fun to hang out with. Different friends, you know, like to have a drink and chill. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any guilty pleasures? Yeah. I mean, I, I like, I like booze, you know, so I've cut it, I've cut way back, you know, I haven't had anything in a while, but, uh, I do. I love, I love bourbon. I love whiskey and I love red wine. All good choices. <laughs> do you have any hidden talents? This is when you sing on the, <laughs> yes, but I not because I can't um, afford music. I right? gotta tell you, my voice is, <laughs> no, oh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, so. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, you know, then I sound great to you. Yes. Um, <laughs> Everything sounds great. You know, I, I've always been a, a, a pretty good athlete and I, I used to, I used to play hockey very well. And then I, just, I had to pick up tennis cause I couldn't play hockey anymore. And I got pretty good at tennis. So sports, I'm, I'm seem to be pretty good at. I write poetry. I love to write poetry and I've written a bunch of children's stories that mostly rhyme. I kind of studied with a, someone in New York when I was there and had to write and correct meter and, and uh, rhythm I just, I, I really worked on it a lot when I was back in New York when I was younger. And at that time, that wasn't, we didn't have internet or anything. So I would mail my stories out to get, try to get them published. And no one would read them. They'd just come back. The paperclip was never moved. And finally, I got frustrated, stuffed them in a box and moved to LA. Is that something you want to revive? Yeah. I mean, I got a bunch of stuff in a box. I, I think I, I can write lyrics too, but I'm not so sure I can. But I would like, I would like to. You could you could collaborate with your son. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Father-son duo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Growing up, 
Who was your favorite fictional character? Robin Hood. Okay. Which was there a particular iteration of it, or the animated... or the written? Okay, the written with the animated one. The animated one. I was a little the kid. The first okay. time. I, yeah. Okay. I was a little kid, and I saw him. That's what made me want to be an actor. Was seeing Robin Hood. I, I understand. I was like four or whatever, and we saw him in the theater. My two, my sisters and I, and my mom, and uh, I understood he was animated. But I'm like, I want to do that. And then I learned about you know, a lot of reruns on TV and like those characters and whatnot, and then learned film and yeah. And then I also like Hawkeye from the Leather Stocking series, Last Mohicans, you know, all those books. I thought you were going to say from MASH. <laughs> I do, him too. But now, segue into that, Alan Alda, specifically from MASH, was yeah. one of my biggest influences as an actor. Oh, really? Okay. His character is Hawkeye. Gene Hackman, him, uh, a couple others, yeah. But okay. those two in particular, Gene Hackman and, and, and literally Alan Alda as Hawkeye. All right. Well, there we go. See, I was close. Yeah. But wait, speaking of the theater and going to movie theaters, what is the first film that you remember seeing in theaters that you were the impetus for going to see? So not necessarily a family outing, but you just remember being like, I have to go see this movie. Like, we have to go see it. Or, you know, it is a, it's a do or die. I got to go see this in a theater. I have no idea. Okay. Maybe maybe the first Batman movie that Tim Burton actually did. Oh. I mean, I was older by then, but um, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, Star Wars came out when I was young and, you know, we weren't really aware of what it was going to be at the time. So I can't say I got to see that. Um, anyway, yeah. Did you tell Tim Burton that you enjoyed his Batman? If you, I don't know if you guys actually got to me. I don't know how actively. Oh, I talked to, talk to Tim a lot. He's a sweetheart. Oh, well, I really, I, I love the guy. Um, but no, I didn't really think of it. Hmm. Yeah. Well, next time you chat but with someone, him. <laughs> someone pointed out to me that like, you know, all these superhero movies that we have now, Tim was the first to do that. Like he set the genre. No one else had really done that, like that. I don't. I, guess. I mean, he had Superman. I think that's before, what I was trying. Whatever, I was like, what's not, the timeline like, on? Not to that level. That's true. He's definitely the first franchise builder yeah. in that sense, or the cohesive yeah. cinematic universe. Yeah, I don't know what we call them anymore. <laughs> I, I can't say enough good about Tim. He's he's awesome. I I believe it. <laughs> yeah. He's he's a he's creative man. Very creative man. <laughs> he is, but he, he's. He's not as wacky as people would think, and he's he's really lovely. He's and he's 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 as simple as a director as far as to the actors. He was he's a blast though. He's fun. I actually don't think of him as particularly wacky. I think like his creative output seem wacky, but I'm oh. like some of the most. Well, I I don't know. I, I you've probably experienced this. Well. Sometimes the most you know quiet, mundane seeming people have the most you know eccentric output. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. I don't Maybe. ever assume that just because you're creative, you know. Creations. I'm just gonna alliterative are are coming from somebody who's like their personality has to match that all the time. Gotcha. That that's just me. <laughs> I'm with you. Okay. What is one thing you wish you had more time for? Wow. What is one thing I wish I had more time for? I don't know. I have a I have a good amount of time for a lot of stuff. More time for. I, I think spending time with friends who aren't on this coast whom I'm still so close with since I've been, you know, since I was like 13 and with, you know, some of my family members too, but I would say that. Okay. What is the best compliment you've ever received? Well, the one my dad said, you beat the odds. That was pretty much up there, but two things regarding Sons of Anarchy. One, a guy wanted to hire me for a short film and uh, he's like, 
had this thing and the casting director was like, well, how about Jamie McShane? And the guy goes, oh my God, he would be fantastic. Do you think he can do an American accent? I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yep, he might be able to pull that one off. Yeah, just, he, he's just like, a, yeah, we'll, we'll actually, see. You know, you might need a he's dialect from Jersey, coach. But, uh, but. Yeah. <laughs> so that was sweet. That was nice. That's, you know, that's a pretty good compliment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is always a weird one. What is the best or most unique gift you've ever received? Wow. My I told best you they got gift. weird. Yeah. No, I love it though. It's so different. <laughs> Thank you. It really makes you think, and I, I hate to take up too much. I think the best gift I ever got was when I was a little kid. I got a little like the size of a softball with no like plastic coating on like they have these days, but I got a little purple Nerf ball that and around the same, I think the same year, I was like four, I got a little green tractor, like with pedals on it. Okay. That was awesome. I, I put hundreds of thousands of miles on that little tractor. What, what was it about the Nerf ball though? Was it just like a regular ball and you were, yeah, but it was stoked? purple. I, I love it. Oh, okay. But it was like, it had no bounds. I could use yeah. it anywhere. You That's know, true. I, I could use it in my room and not get in trouble. I could, you know, like it was just awesome. You could throw it at people's heads and only get in mild trouble. Yeah. You, know, you have a lot of siblings. So yeah. I'm guessing that that. Yeah. And I had okay. good aim. <laughs> <laughs> what is a role or genre you haven't tackled yet that you'd like to? I would love to do like French and Indian kind of war, American Revolution. And Civil War, like those eras, uh, like poignant, poignant times in American history. You know, um, I really enjoy period pieces. I haven't done a lot, you know, a few, 1923, I did Deadwood. Uh, Mank was wonderful. Um, I enjoy the period pieces. And um, I think, I think like Band of Brothers was amazing, you know, for those guys to, to get to do that and just picked real people are based on real people. Yeah, maybe that. Okay. You're not going to say a musical? Yeah, no. <laughs> thank you. Although I would I would love to play a role where a guy sings and he thinks he's really good Ooh. and he's not and he's got a really bad toupee that he thinks is really good. I would love to play that. Okay. That somebody would be fun. somebody write that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like this guy thinks he's all that, you know. Mm -hmm. And then, okay, so, so in this in this scenario, do people still do the people indulge him, or is this like an emperor's new clothes scenario? I don't know. I haven't gone that deep into it. <laughs> uh, I think I think people indulge him, or, or maybe they they don't even know what to do with it. It's like, is this guy serious? Like, or I don't know. I don't know. Okay. But I think he's so. It's almost like he's subtle in his ridiculousness that but he thinks he's so good. Like he just thinks he's that good and that good looking but the, you know, the toupee is flopping up in the back with the wind or whatever, but he doesn't, he has no clue. And it never like, he never doubts it. Okay. So my last official question is how do you define personal success now? And how has that definition changed from earlier in your life or career? Good Lord. You have <laughs> wonderful questions. Whew. Well, personal success now is I know when I'm doing my absolute best in the moment, because that can change from day to day, but wh whether it's on the tennis court acting, you know, when you feel like you're in the zone, even just life, like when I said, I'm in Zen for, a, a, you know, a, I feel bliss for a moment and that, you know, whatever that is. And then you, you know, spiral down into whatever else. Um, I think when I was younger, 
I didn't think about, I was just in the zone up on, up until a certain age and then things changed drastically for me. And I think success was getting, getting the acknowledgements of, you know, you won the tournament, you got the A in the class, you got the, you know, that and that, whereas now it's, it's more, it's more internal. It's more of a, a fulfillment of my being of who this being is in this body at this age. And, you know, with the, the stuff I have good and bad, you know, I think that's a, that's a good definition and evolution. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Dude, thank you so much. I'm so grateful for you to do for doing this. <laughs> I'm so grateful for you asking. I really appreciate it. A huge thank you to Jamie for stopping by. Wednesday is streaming now on Netflix, and you'll be able to see him in 1923 on Paramount+. Plus. And if you like this episode, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.